Episode 36. Welcome to episode 36. We got a late night pod. Late night Labor Day hanging out because we're going to a camp concert. That's right. With two A's. Have you ever heard of camp? Two A's. Me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you like them? I do. I don't listen to them a ton, but I like them. Does Caitlin like them? Same as me. It's uh, so. Why did you set it go? We're going with my cousin and his wife. Oh, that's and right. they really yeah. like them. And uh, again, like I like them. No, they're in uh, Baltimore. Oh, so they're meeting you. Yeah, I think they're going down south too. And down I'm south, the anyway. land of the pines. Also, to North Carolina. Who is the state that holds Duke, who's right now playing Clemson at halftime? Losing to seven to six right now. Clemson's got seven. Duke's got six. That's interesting. That is interesting. Clemson's gonna actually I, I mean, destroy no. them in the second half. Murder them. Who knows? Who knows? Murder them. Who knows? We got a great episode on the docket today. We do, but before it gets great, it gets sad. Oh. Because we got a report for those of you who haven't heard. The beloved Jimmy. legendary Margaritaville singer. Mm. Who? Legendary country guy. Legendary country guy Jimmy Buffett. What do you, cons- away what do you consider him? Like genre, vibes, just vibes, vibes. Kind of like a beach. I consider. Yeah, like I a would say beach, beach country almost. Right, like a- okay. So I would never call beach music country music, but I there's definitely there's the like the feeling of it. I guess some of the story, like you think about like uh, like the shag dance, like yeah. all those are kind of like stories, like shagging on the boulevard and stuff like that. Feels like it could be a country <laughs> song. Which is sad. Great artist. Sad. Great. Another great artist by some measures, Steve Harwell, um, the former Smash Mouth lead singer. I had to ask a buddy well, like what Smash Mouth was today. And you're like, it's Smash Burger that you just smash in your mouth? Yeah. Or was he, he like, hey, uh, now, he never you're said an all-star. That. But that actually, that brought up memory how in Little League, that song played, I feel like, every game somewhere. That song, to me, almost, almost has a cult following. In the sense that it feels like the song that everyone's like, oh, yeah, I used to love that one. But everyone's like, yeah, we all used to love that song. Right. We all still do love that song. That's a good song. Did you ever watch it's the movie classic. Rat Race? No. Eh, I was in that. I never, I've never really watched any movies before 2010. Yeah. Anything before? Lame. How'd you even know it was before 2010? You're right. I but. just watched The Sandlot for the first time. I know. You told me that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But it was a great movie. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. One of the best movies great of all movie. time. I, it's a regular watch for me. Let's keep the depressing up. Keep, keep the depressing up. <laughs> So Cooper medium Cup. depressing, oh. Cooper Cup. Let's keep the depressing up with Cooper Cup. He's Who down on hamstring. his luck. Oh, I sh- I'm going to stop talking. Keep going, keep going, keep going. That didn't quite rhyme. but No, oh. but you go Cup. for it. Uh, uh, tup, Tupperware. <laughs> again, late night pod people. But he is, went to see a special, a body specialist, I think, about his hamstring injury. I don't know. It sounds expensive. Sounds, I don't know. Hopefully it's okay. I didn't draft him. I think he's gonna miss week one, and I think, to be honest, it's gonna affect the first few weeks, is what it sounds like. He yes. probably won't miss the first few weeks, but he's sliding on draft boards right now. Yeah, which That's... is interesting for our draft on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't want to give too much fantasy away because we, you're because you're in one other league too, right? Yeah, so I had a, I had a draft tonight. Uh, in a league without you, but the one we have together is Wednesday. Yes. So, hmm. which I learned my lesson two years ago the hard way. Three leagues is too much. Yeah, I want to play. Two is fine. I really we've talked about it before, but I really really want a dynasty league with people who are invested. I think that'll be fun. And then just one other. Once yeah. again, can't yeah, do like three. one dynasty and one can't other. Three. three is definitely too much. I've done that. Two is fine. It's totally, totally Agreed. manageable, Agreed. but it's like you have to have a primary league and then a secondary league. Cause especially Agreed. when you have players on different teams, it's like, who am I? Okay. If the I've primary, got Travis Kelsey in one league and the other one, who, who yeah. do I want him to go off? Cause I hate when you're like, I want him to get between 31 and 36 points and I'll be good. That's just not fun. Can I, I'm going to bring it up later. No, bring it up now. I was yeah. thinking, cause I, I watched it today. Yep. Black mirror. Mm-hmm. Dude. Like the I watched the first time yesterday. Oh, like any episode ever. Interesting. What episode was it? Uh, season six. So I watched two episodes last night and two today. When did season six come out? I feel I, like it was pretty recent. I think I've only watched the first couple seasons. Dude, I'm telling you what, that blows my mind. Those episodes, they're insane. They're so good. It's one of those shows though that's 
It like I'm mind still, screws you. Yeah, it's very heavy too. Yeah. So I don't want to watch it again. Well, right. You don't rewatch episodes. They're very fascinating, very good social commentaries. But it's like, I I don't know. Sometimes in the season of life, there's too much going on. And I'm like, I, I can't do that right now. Other times it, it's great and doesn't bother me. It bothers but, me. Dude, some of them are really dark. Some episodes are. Dude, one yeah. of them in season six was very dark. And I like, I watched it right before going to bed last night. Bad move. Really bad. Really bad move. Night terrors. Dude. Really, oh, I used really to get bad. night terrors. Dude, Still probably do. Bad move. So anyway, I watched two during the day, me and Becca did. And I vowed we're not watching it tonight. <laughs> but it just made me think of it because we said shows. and that, that is true. That is a good one. Uh, FSU looked good. Going to college football Looks back here. great. They looked really good. 31 straight points unanswered, I think, on LSU at one point. Dude, because like LSU was up 17-14 at half. Yeah, and then they went on a 31-point. Disgust. Jaheim Bell, transfer from South Carolina, had some, some nasty catches. So a little bit yeah. of preseason, or I guess early season hype. Jordan Travis, what do you think about him for the Heisman? He looked good against LSU and he was definitely at some Heisman buzz before coming to that game but I don't know FSU really solidified their presence as Christian said last week they're gonna shock the world I said that didn't I you did say that and I said I don't think it's gonna be a shock if they do and they shocked the world they they shocked the world without the surprise element also Uh, a couple things regarding that game though yeah uh, for the first time since 2018, Florida State had two players with 100 receiving yards. Think about That's, that, dude. Yeah. It's been five years since they've had two players ever, and they play some trash teams too, <laughs> like ever have more than 100 yards for mm-hmm. two players, which is kind of interesting. That great game, that surprises me that that stat's that low, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, but FSU, it, it was a great game to watch. LSU, how do you recover from that? You wanted two ways. You either recover and just destroy everyone, just have mm-hmm. like that chip on your shoulder the rest of the season, or you kind of fold. So it'll be interesting to see how they, yeah. how they play. Yeah. Week one, to Mr. Incognito's point, it's like, you get a if they recover, they went out the yeah. rest of the season. You get a lot of grace from game one. Oh, because it's, you don't have preseason, it's you're essentially starting it is a preseason game in a lot of ways, but you lose confidence. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be fine personally. Uh, I think we'll see them in the SEC championship, but who knows? Other thing, I don't want to do it, but we said before we're a high accountability pod, we've got to talk about South Carolina <laughs> and UNC. Pod. We watched that game together. Or last watched that quarter. game together. Second half. So if you want to say someone's half, bad yeah. luck, I don't know if anyone saw the game went. Fingers pointing at Christian now. Yeah, dude. It was, Could be it bad, was luck. bad. What I watched, awful. We, this is a, a bigger topic. Bal- or Trying to have a balanced offense in college football is so overrated. Because mm-hmm. it was like about 30 play split, passing, rushing. We ended because in college, sacks count as minus rushing yards. And so I think it was like minus three rushing yards with the That's sacks included. so dumb. With like 30-something plays and then 360, I think, passing yards. It's like when something's working, stick with it. Yes, it's great if you have both. Yeah. But you if, if you're worried about linebackers cheating back, it's like keep airing it out until they do that and then run the ball and bring them back in. Like, right. I'm not saying don't ever mix something in, but when something's not working in college, I think you need to abandon it. Like – the difference between college and NFL is so big. It is. You can't treat. I mean, they're 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Yeah. It's so fast. Yeah. It's fast. Yeah. Even though the Florida documentary, one of the guys said they, they felt like they could beat some NFL teams in like the 06 team or something. The one that everyone went to jail. Yeah. For like half the teams. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, dude, I, I, I'm upset because, you know, I'm a USC guy. Big now USC guy. I will say, though, mm-hmm. uh, May looked pretty solid. From he got rattled though, dude. He did. He got. Right. He ended up throwing two picks, and he well, looked rattled. Well, one pick was his fault, but one pick was. Well, yeah, one was off the hands, but yeah, but two picks, and he looked rattled afterwards. Like honestly, South Carolina. This is the excuse part of it. That's not really excuse, but like O line just looked trash. Uh, apparently, there were a lot of injuries, which plays into it. Yeah, 
But even despite all of that and how bad we ran the ball, a few things go a different way, and the game could have looked way different, which way is crazy. Different. Like coming out at halftime, going for the own side, love that the was call. nuts. Yeah, the perfect, nuts. flawlessly executed, and then to drop the fourth down conversion. Like I think, in a lot of ways, that was a nail in the coffin in the game. Yeah, because a thing about it, the flip side, you come out on side, he and dropped then get it. that, I and mean, then go. literally just like straight dropped it, and he would have been down to the thirty yard line or yeah. something at least, and so. There, that one was a big momentum swing. And then with the picks and in the second half, there were a lot of times we were close in, in the red zone. And mm -hmm. uh, Juice Wells, he had one target early on, but that was it. And then Nick Harbour, the guy that we talked about in the offseason, is just mm -hmm. massive, super fast. Think DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. Both of them were injured early on, and they said that they were cleared. But I don't know if Nick Harbour even got in the game and then Juice Wells having one target. I'm like, I think they were still hurt. Right. So, again, it's game one. The Braves, I said this, I think I said this in a group chat with some friends, but I'm like, the Braves kind of ruined a, a little bit of this football season for me because they got me used to winning and I right. shouldn't ever be used to winning, especially as a yeah. South Carolina fan. And the so Braves like, looking sexy though. They're looking good. But anyway, that's enough of being accountable. That's overrated. <laughs> what is not overrated is the NFL is back. And let me tell you what, I so growing up in the South, everyone's like super big on college football. Yeah, and, not and, here. Not, not where here. I grew up. And I always liked NFL more than most other people. Now I like South Carolina more than any NFL team, but I like NFL as a whole way more than yeah, random college games. And nothing proved that more than when I was scrolling through last week, getting excited, college football, you know, football's back. And I looked this week, I'm looking at the games. I'm like, oh, we got the Bills Jets coming up. Like, Dude, the Bills Jets, I can't mm. wait. And that's a Monday night game too. Man, that's... I mean, you have both quarterbacks with something to prove. Bills get knocked out pretty, I mean, pretty early in last year's playoff. But, yeah. and then, of course, Aaron Rodgers being on the Jets. So something to, to, to throw out here, though, the freaking Jets, dude, I didn't realize their defense allowed the second fewest points last year. That's what I was telling you with the, getting the quarterback and the Jets defense was nasty. Disgusting. They, that's when we were talking about a few weeks ago, I'm like, that's why if you had even an average quarterback with the Jets last year, Baker they could Mayfield. Been, honestly, Baker <laughs> Mayfield slightly below average, but he would have done more than Zach Wilson. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. He gets rattled pretty easy. You watched Zach Wilson last year. That's true. Uh, but quick pivot though, I want to talk about tennis for a sec because I watched some tennis over the weekend mm. and it is a good time to be an American in the tennis world. Why don't you tell us why? Which is kind of wild to say because really in the last 25 years, mm -hmm. America's really struggled in America or in tennis. So three Americans are in the top eight in the U.S. Open. Three. You have Ben Sheldon, who's a 20-year-old who just beat uh, Tommy Paul, who's ranked 14th in the in the world, who's Related another American. Not close. <laughs> close. But dude, Ben Sheldon, his dad is the University of Florida tennis coach. Wow. Ben Sheldon went for a year, won the NCAA men's singles his freshman year, and then just went pro. And so he's 20 years old. This is his first full season. He went to the quarterfinals in the Australian Open which is the one of their four majors. Mm -hmm. And then he just made it to the quarterfinals in the U.S. Open. And so here, here's what I'm saying, man. I think if anyone's going to challenge these top tennis players like Alcaraz and a lot of these guys coming up, it might be Ben Shelton. And one thing to note on him, man, he broke the U.S. Open serve speed record over the weekend. What, what guess is how it? fast he served a tennis ball. Take a guess. I honestly, I don't even... Mm. So a fast. I let's say one. I feel like it's faster than a baseball. A little bit, yeah. One thirty-two. Close. So one thirty-two is a fast serve. Okay. Like that's like professional level fast serve. One forty-nine. Whoa. He hit an ace twice. Two different serves were one forty-nine. That is insane, dude. The highest ever recorded in professional tennis is one fifty-two. The kid's twenty. That is crazy. Yeah. So I think, and he's left-handed. He's a left-handed tennis player. That's got to be weird seeing the That's serve what I'm saying. Like so him beating Tommy Paul was a big, Interesting. big staple, but he's playing, um, I think he's playing Tiafo. Yeah. 
I think Fritz might be playing Alcaraz. I might get that wrong. But anyway, there's two Americans playing each other. Hmm. So there's an American that's guaranteed to be in the top four in the semifinals, which is pretty sweet. I know you love that. I do love that. <laughs> I know you love that. Oh, man. Well, that's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. So more to come on that. More to come on that. Well, we've got a few exciting topics planned for the episode. But before we do, we said we're a Vibes podcast. We started a we little bit low vibes. with some, some sad vibes. news. And so... My man, Iceman, lift our in. spirits. Come on, Ice Dog. What is up, everybody? He's in This nature. week's unsung hero is a comeback story, and not the kind that we like to talk about. On June 16th, Tanner Houck, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, uh, took a line drive back to the face, and it was bad. Right below the eye socket, he fractured his face, and it requires surgery, including the placement of a metal plate in order to support the bone growth coming back. Uh, he's lucky to be able to see one, but Guy came back and is actually pitching baseball games now, wow. which is cool enough. Good for him. I can't imagine the first time ball comes off the bat after coming back from something like that. But he decided to let his swagger out while he's at it. So Hauk uh, met with the doctor, and the doctor said, hey, I got something for you. I got a 3D printout of your face with the fracture. And so Hauk said, man, okay. And so he takes the... Uh, 3D printout of his skull and straps a chain to it and like a G just goes into the dugout with it on his chest saying here's where I've been and I'm back baby well Hauk uh, looks to be a pretty good contender next year for the starting rotation again and uh, is the two or three guy for the Red Sox but uh, to come back from something as scary as that is pretty impressive in its own right and in this world it earns you this week's unsung hero honestly that that is nuts it's so easy if something like that happens to let that like traumatize you yeah that was like me i got hit in the nuts one time dude playing baseball <laughs> i'm not kidding it was like seven cup, no cup it was like no cup it was like i was 12 or 13 and a ball was hit and that hurt but really actually what, really <laughs> <laughs> what a story no, but i was thinking because it wasn't that what really actually did scar me i was in eighth grade and i um moved up early to play jv in, in high school and we were, it was like JV versus varsity, this like kind of like scrimmage almost, mm -hmm. but like someone was just throwing BP. So it's like our defense versus like their hitters. And, um, I was playing second, which is my normal position and a left-handed guy ropes it to me. Yeah. Right. Pull side. That's yep. second. I do a little alligator. Like I'm taught <laughs> our field was, you know, wasn't the, the nicest, you know, probably the nicest in South. It, was, it was actually, it was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. It hits something hit my this finger right here that that broke and i don't think i ever recovered mentally from that you were only doing backhands after that <laughs> yeah. no but like i definitely i used to be just so aggressive on the yeah. infield and i definitely went back a couple that reminds me i didn't really scar me in fact maybe it should have it did the opposite <laughs> but it's just kind of funny when i think i was five because it was right too much context before it moved houses and uh, my brother got like a pitch back you know the things you threw and yep. it would bounce back and so i knew you kind of like threw awesome. it hard yeah. and it came back and so i grabbed a ball and went up four or so feet from it and just threw it as hard as i could <laughs> straight at it not really knowing what happened right. and it came back straight to the eye and just gave me laces I was like, I mean, I, I didn't throw that hard because I was five, right. but I was like a few feet away and went straight back that to the That thing dome. was so fun. I remember that. Yeah, those were awesome. I love those. So Iceman, after he said this, was like, don't add me, but his chain game stronger than Ronald Acuna, which is crazy, but Speaking leads us into what a debate. First topic up, we have the NL MVP race, which first off, I just got to say, this is one of the most exciting ones we've had in a while. Obviously, there are more in it, but for the sake of everything, we're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. and your boy Mookie Betts. Yes, and the only reason it, it, it is exciting is because the last four weeks Mookie Betts has had. Bring that up. For anyone who, who doesn't... Like Julio Rodriguez type. Even better. In the month of August, Mookie Betts hit 455... With a 1.355 OPS and 11 home runs, 51 total hits. That's insane. That's dude. insane. So 11 bombs in a month. Yeah. And hit 455. Like that is a, a career smokes. month. So can I can I say something? That Please I think do. You might agree with. Yes. I still don't think it's close. 
you're saying then Ronald Acuna takes it? I I think if Acuna doesn't play another game, he and, and Mookie hits another seven bombs, I still think Acuna. First of all, Acuna is the first person to ever do thirty sixty. And, and is that part of your point of like hundred percent? Okay. So. I'm quick rundown of it. If you look at a lot of the stats, they're pretty similar. Like games played, I think Acuna hasn't missed one. He's at 136. Mookie's at 130, which uh, says a lot. They, they, he hasn't missed one. Durable. <laughs> Let's go. Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. Uh, run scored. Uh, Acuna's at 123 versus 117. Hits 184 versus 161. Yeah. Doubles both in 30s. Triples. Acuna has three. Mookie Betts has one. Home runs. Acuna's at 32. Betts is at 38, which is kind of nice because 11 yeah, a month. That, that's more. solid. That's, that's solid. More. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got 99 RBIs versus 85. Walks are about even, so on. Obviously, the big gap, because pretty okay average. I forgot to mention that's a big one. 335 for Acuna versus say, yeah, 316 for Betts. But stolen bases, we've got 63 for Acuna versus 10 for Mookie. Dude, I really think Acuna's going to have 3570. You said it last pod, and since then he homered in three games yeah. in Dodger Stadium. And don't leave this out. He had the hardest hit ball of the 2023. Oh, he hit it 121.2. I want to say two or three. More than Otani? It was the fifth hardest hit ball since the stat gas started in 2015. So he hit it 121 something miles an hour, which I think several miles an hour faster. Cause so the MLB has a stat of hard hit balls. You probably yeah. it. Oh yeah. It's 95 is what they consider. 95 and above is a hard hit ball. 121. That's disgusting. Disgusting. That's 25% higher. <laughs> Ag- than a absolutely hard hit disgusting. But was that a bomb or a line drive? So here's the thing. When you hit a ball that hard, you're like, that's probably like just a line drive out. It was a hundred or 453 foot bomb. And it was still a line drive. Like it had a little bit of height, but it carried 453 feet to straightaway center. That's disgusting. Once again, just adds to the accolades. Yeah. So, so he hits a bomb like that. And so again, these are both incredible seasons. I think we both are on the side of Ronald Acuna running away a little bit with it. And here, because I knew you're a Mookie guy. So I was like, I might be debating you on this. Yeah. And so my arguments coming were in were, if you look at August for Mookie Betts, unreal. Mm-hmm. But Acuna's been very consistent and flat from like game one to now. Right. And personally, as an MVP, if you you end up with the exact same, we'll call these the exact same stats. I know they're not quite the same, but like the same stats. And one person does it in a really hot month and one person just does it consistent all year. Yeah. I want the consistent all year for 100%. me. 100%. Well, it, my thing is like the Unless only- it's October. <laughs> Very true. The only way Mookie wins this yeah. is if Acuna goes, he doesn't have to go ice cold, but say he goes pretty cold, finishes with you know 34 bombs and 68 steals, and then Mookie just has another 10 bombs and another like 30 ribbies. Yep. If he can get close to 50 home runs and 130 RBIs, that would be... But then again, I mean, they only have, what, 25 games left? Uh, let's see. It's through yeah, twenty five games, six, twenty six, whatever, somewhere around there. But hitting a you know hitting ten bombs in twenty five games is disgusting. And the the thing is, if Mookie ends up with fifty home runs, it's the only way I can see this. The crazy thing is, either one of them could just get so hot with it. Um, the uh, so the power speed combination that's where I think the big big separator is no one well, mentioned it. no unless, one has done or yeah you're saying unless the power of mookie and the like the a, like average and rbis were so high that's what i'm saying i don't mm-hmm. think it i don't think it's high enough to over trump acuna unless mookie has 50 mookie has 50 bombs and 130 rbis that could be different yeah assuming that acuna is not also going off assuming acuna doesn't have 40 bombs and 80 so steals. that's a great one because i think so the the 60-30 season or 30-60 season yeah. has never been done before. Yep. So he's a club of his own, which anytime you do something that's never been done before. The only yeah, the so, only way bets yeah. if he has the same month he just had yeah. again, again. I think he has a chance. But so, so well, what, what I was gonna say though is outside of the 30-60, realistically, he's at 63 right now. This we were recording this on Monday night, so this is through 
what's the today is September fourth. So yep. the stats are through September third, the yep. Sunday of September third. I so forty forty season. That's only been done by Jose Canseco, yep. Barry Bonds, A Rod, and Alfonso Soriano. Yep. So all Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, steroids, but insane. Yeah. And so I think that Ronald Acuna has a very strong shot of hitting that because he hit three bombs in three days. Like he could easily do it. If He's he, been a much more balanced hitter this year, but it's no question of power. We just mentioned they hit the ball 121 miles an hour. Somehow does 3570. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's not that far off. That's seven more steals. steals. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, seven, seven steals. steals and three bombs, mm-hmm. which I think in 25 games, yeah, he can do that. 3570, dude. That's nuts. But dude, like these that, guys are going. Oh yeah. So I think we're on the same page. Unless Mookie has the same exact month, I think Acuna's got it. Man, this is exciting though to have a race that's like this with two dominant. Uh, I would just say going into. Dodger Stadium, I would have been pumped with coming out with a 2-2 split. Oh, yeah. And winning the first three games. Oof. Sexy. <laughs> Braves are Dude, nasty. They're disgusting. And then got a lot of hate for it. Again, I regret the pick of <laughs> picking Orlando Arcia as the best infielder. I was biased towards shortstop. <laughs> he was doing well. I regret it. I'm not, not afraid to admit that. But <laughs> this is the thing with the Braves lineup. I just hope they stay healthy and stay <laughs> hot because he hits a 10th inning home run to go ahead. Like the, the top, okay. This is the top five of their order right now. Okunya has got 32 home runs. Yep. Ozzy Albies has 28 and he's missed the last, well, he played a couple games in Dodger stadium and then missed like He'll two weeks 30, before. Though. Yeah. Uh, Austin Riley's at 32. Then Three. Matt Olson Four. finally hit another yep. one, hit 44. And then Marcelo the lead, right? Yeah, he tied it again. And then Marcelo Zuna's at 32 right now. Five. Five people above 30. It's, of the home run race, Otani's kind of been cold. Dude, so has Matt Olson until yeah. the last game. And so I think a lot of these guys, just because it's such a long season, you hit 32 bombs or whatever it was for All-Star Break. Like you're not hitting 32 bombs back half the season. It's and it's also just such a mental thing that when you get in your head, like Matt Olson had been 18 games without a home run. Yeah. And like he was still get, being productive. He was still scoring runs and getting RBIs. But dude, it goes to your head. It does. It does. It does. All right. Next up, Colorado. Boulder. What do we think about Coach Prime? What do we think about this season? What do we think about the game against TCU? They're going to make the college football playoff. <laughs> do you already hear first? <laughs> No, but they, dude, dude, they made, once again, just like FSU did, they made an absolute statement. Because everyone, okay, maybe not everyone, TCU 90% was just of the people national saw. national championship game. They were just, yes, it was a bad game, but they were still in the national championship. They Correct. still <laughs> beat Michigan. Still have a good program. Still have a good program. Everyone's, again, maybe not everyone, 90, 95% of people were saying Coach Prime's all flash, like he did at Jackson State, not happening. They come out there, they win possession. They yeah. have 34 minutes versus 25 for TCU, which is big. And then 510 passing yards. <laughs> Did you see Coach Prime it's afterwards disgusting. when he was, uh, Neon Dion was like, yeah, y'all are asking me why I started this person from HBCU who yeah. happens to be my son and I just gave him the position. He's like, I don't know, is 510 passing yards good enough for you? And so I mean, he got it, receipts. To his credit, they also didn't really try to run the ball, which... Yeah. Once again, you don't need a balanced offense. That kind of supports your argument. I didn't. Was you it, don't you need said that he had a offense. 200 passer rating. Someone said that in conversation. I haven't looked it up, so I didn't verify it. I think but he did. did. I actually think he did. He had a two. He went 38 of 47 for 510 yards, four touchdowns. Edwards had three touchdowns, 135 receiving yards. 200.1. No interceptions. Dude, 200.1. Set a school record for passing yards, of course, with 510. DPs were looking nice, too. The what? The DBs. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. What's his name? He plays both ways. Travis Hunter plays both ways. He's the first FBS player, first person ever 
over the past 20 seasons to have 100 yards receiving and have interception. And the interception was nasty. Yeah. Full-on, perfect break, fully extended diving pick. Dude, Colorado this year, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I think they're going to be a top, definitely top 25 team. But I think mm-hmm. I think they can crack the top 10. I mean, the turnaround, I, I saw someone say that at this point, Neon Dion's playing with house money. Like he just paid his salary with this game, oh, and now it's just all house money. Well, Colorado We're, sucked. The yeah, because they, they, they won. Was it one game last year? They just matched their last year's win total. Already. I think they wore like one in ten last year, or something crazy. So, I mean, I'm drinking the Kool Aid for them. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, me too. I I could go on and on. I've got a couple thoughts that you'll see later in the episode, but I mean, listen, look at this. First downs, 30 to 27, getting total yards 565 to 541. Defense obviously could step it up a little bit. But I was about to say. I, afterwards, it was fun watching the postgame presser, but it was like D-line was struggling, which I think things fair because uh, TCU had 262 rushing yards against yeah. them. Only 279 passing yards, which okay, that's pretty solid for where TCU was last year. I know they lost a couple people, but still. Yeah. Uh, penalties, 35 yards. That's not bad to keep it under 35 yards. Yeah. Rushing so, yards, 55. Again. Dude, overall, two, I think two major statements in week one. You have Colorado and you have FSU. I mean, two major statements already. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's going to shape up a good college football season. Well, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. Next up, fantasy football. Which everyone everyone can't get enough of except the girlfriends (laughs) (laughs) but they love 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 the videos mocking us for it yeah yeah Yeah. they do yeah like the ones going around it's like my boyfriend can't plan anything but he's now in a suit doing getting a spread for his fantasy football draft or yeah 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 whatever there is nothing better than coaching pretend football and being the GM of pretend football. And so as pretend football experts who are probably somewhere in the slightly above average below top of the league in respective leagues. Respect. So no platform to actually say anything about this. I was thinking let's take QB running back receiver tight end and let's see if we can come up with a top five together in each position. You ready? QB Let's first? do QB first. QB sucks. You know why QB sucks? The top five of the top five, dude. Like, yeah. you have Pat Mahomes. We, we, consensus number one? Yeah. Okay, Pat Mahomes. Now, now the two, three, like the two, three, four can get interesting, but like the top five, I think, you have Holmes, Hurts, Allen, Jackson, Burrow. Like, and okay, then the yeah, next- yeah. Take everything off. We don't care about the rest of those five. Now we're just trying to rank those. Correct. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, even like, for, if you consider like Allen or, or Jackson or Burrow, whoever's the fifth, like, yep. the, that's a steep drop off to like Herbert. Don't get me wrong. Or Herbert's like Jacoby Brissett or like, or like Fields, right? I mean, like, could have a great season, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. but that's, no. a, that's a pretty solid, you know. Anyways, right. so, so Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, number one. Hurts, I think you have to go Hurts too. I don't know if I'm sold yet. Wow. I think. And fantasy, you're in, not sold in, in for fantasy. Too. In fantasy, because okay, one Lamar Jackson has the potential of True. just being nuts. Okay, fair I enough. don't know if I want to put him at second, but this is why I think that I'm gonna almost make a case for. I think Josh Allen will actually be second. Personally, I know I'm you don't like you that. So that. if yeah, we can agree on it, said that because I fully disagree. With I that. know you fully disagree, but he's gonna get good rushing yards. He's gonna get a lot of passing yards. Everything's overhyped with the whole. Um, Gibbs or Stefan Diggs, uh, Gibbs, the racer, <laughs> the, the, the racer? <laughs> with the whole Stefan Diggs argument. So that's ridiculous. Uh, what about, mm, do we think, Joe, so where do we think Joe Burrow? You do be? your five real quick. So you're okay. Five. I Pat think Mahomes. my five would be Pat Mahomes. Okay. Josh Allen. Okay. Hmm. Take your time. Man, this is actually tougher than I thought. Do you have yours now? If Absolutely. you have yours, go for it. It's easy. Pat Mahomes, check. Number yep. one. 
Number two, I think Jalen Hurts. I mean, first of all, he had an MVP-like season last year. I don't think there's any indication of him slowing down, especially with that Eagles offense. Yeah. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Especially in fantasy. Now, we're talking fantasy here. We're not talking about franchise QBs. Yeah, we're yeah. talking fantasy QBs. I think it's Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson. I think Jackson's going to go off this year, yeah. especially on the rushing side. Four, Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is going to have another solid year like he always he's had mm-hmm. the last three years. Josh Allen, five. I still like Josh Allen. I do think he's the most overrated top QB in the game. Guess who led the league in turnovers last year? Josh Allen. Josh Allen did. With 19. They he also led don't the league. kill your fantasy score that much. They don't kill your fantasy score that much, but he's known to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And, and I think out of the five I just mentioned, as far as like offensive weapons now, yep. I think they probably lag behind the most comparative to the other four. Diggs is a monster, but other than that, you have Gabe Davis, who's, you know, he's yeah. fine. They don't really have a great running game. That's fair. I think, so one of the things I want to say to what you said is you said Lamar Jackson's going to go off rushing the ball. That's yep. a given. I think we're going to be surprised at how he goes off passing Ooh, the ball. Ooh, okay. I, you know what? I think yep. I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes won. Okay. This is all for hot takes at this point. Lamar Jackson, too. Because I think that we could be shocked at this passing game. We know I what like his that. rushing okay. game is going to be. I, I can get along with that. Then for fantasy, I think, especially. I'm going to go Josh Allen, three. Jalen Hurts, four. Joe Burrow, five. I, I, I don't feel great about it. But, <laughs> but, but like, I don't know. Other than Patrick Mahomes being one, I wouldn't feel great or ter- about, terrible about any other mix-up of these. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't no. know why. I love Josh Allen as a person. He's an absolute great, like funny guy, great guy. I just really believe that. I know you're clear. He's also four and four in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, two running back. You should, should we try to do it together again? No, you go first this time. I went first on QBs. So you go first. Well, let's back. see. Let's see if we can try to get one together and see where we disagree. Okay. Do we want to go C Mac number one overall? Hold on. I would abs- expect. Are we doing PPR? Well, I guess. Yeah, let's, PPR let's do too. PPR. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think C Mac though. Number one. C Mac overall. Number one. Okay. Number two. I. Austin Eckler. If it's yeah. PPR, it could be 100%. up there. Should we him too? Hundred percent. All right. Two. One two. What do you think about Josh Jacobs? Number three. Why? I mean, look at his numbers last year. He was getting monster like game. Like I, I think with, I think they're still going to need him a lot and with Jimmy G, with Jimmy G and Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams is going to start to give Jimmy G a little bit of a deep threat mm-hmm. potential. But I still think that Josh Jacobs is going to be carrying a lot of their offense. Mm. I think he's a really good runner. He's pretty soft. I mean, he's okay receiving the ball too. Like, yeah, he was getting a lot of points. I think Nick Chubb could also be there. I would be. I, do you? Was there another one you would put besides Nick Chubb? Yeah, or Josh I'm Jacobs? actually close on three between Pollard and Robinson. Oh, and the reason is I think Robinson, first of all, is an absolute animal. Like, yeah. we can all agree. Po- I mean, yeah. uh, Robinson's an absolute animal. Plus, rookie rushers tend to have some pretty good success. That is true. Coming out of college, that is true. Also, I haven't done much research on the offensive lines, which I, I mm-hmm. need to do a little bit more, but Cowboys, Tony Pollard had a great season last year once the sh- once the spotlight was off Ezekiel Elliott and it was more on Pollard. Plus, Pollard's more of a receiving back, especially. That's true. But PPR. how do you think not having Zeke's going to affect Pollard? Even with this, because they were at their best when they still had Zeke, but the spotlight was now on Pollard. I think it's that's why I, that's the main reason I put him at three. I really okay. think he's going to shine because I really do. As much as I hate to say this, mm-hmm. I think as long as Dak stays healthy, he's going to have a pretty good year. Might have the a great year, but I don't think he's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. They got yep. some good weapons like Ceedee Lamb around him, and so I think. Cowboys offense is a good good offense from the start. And then Pollard is easily their number one back. Yep. And once again, 
He's solid receiving out of the backfield. So that's why I think. Yes. Okay. Now, now that I feel like where it starts splitting. So run through yeah. your, your five. You've got, we've got C-Mac, Austin Eckler, Pollard yep. three. I go Pollard three and then I go Robinson. And then yep. it's tough for me not to go Barkley five. Okay. I feel the same way that you were saying about Barkley with Derrick Henry. It's hard for me to not mm, put him in the top Henry, five. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's. I so think they're I, both go pretty close. C-Mac, Austin Eckler. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, and then uh, Derrick Henry. I feel Ooh. like this is the opposite of what we're talking about with um, the quarterbacks. I think Austin Eckler, especially with PPR, Austin Eckler and McCaffrey yeah. are going to be like a, the top two. Number two. One, and then two, I yep. think that based off of the season, like, I mean, Aaron Jones could be kind of up there. Obviously, mm-hmm. Bijan, like Latavius Murray. like Stevenson could low-key be up there yeah, if they can figure out He the- could. New England offense a little bit. They got Juju now too. Brees Hall, like Brees Hall too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's more here. And I've seen a lot of draft strategies that are saying that if you can get a running back, like one of the top running backs, and if you have like one of the first couple picks, do that. And if not, you go receivers or get Kelsey. And then come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or get Kelsey. Which which I've done in yeah. in twenty twenty. So, so close. Far. I'm surprised you left Pollard and Robinson off your top five. I, it was more of a like in the quarterback, I was leaving people out of the top five, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. In the running back, it was more of I only had five to to put yeah, in. And so yeah. it's like I had to leave someone out that I wanted to. All right, receivers. Wide receivers, baby. Justin first Jefferson? Two are easy. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I feel like yes. the first two, as long as Burrow's healthy, and yep. then as long as Kirk Cousins is healthy. All right, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Question mark at QB, but I like Tyreek Hill three. It's tough not to say Tyreek Hill. I agree. It's very tough. The quarterback situation definitely scares me, but Tyreek Hill is an absolute animal. Okay. I like it when we're agreeing. <laughs> Four. Do we I'm I could be swayed here. Mm. Uh let's throw out some names. Devontae Adams. Okay. Do you think he or Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, CD Lamb? Mm-hmm. Oh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's I'm gonna put him at four. Mm-hmm. I was so definitely we, put him in my top. Justin five. Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree yep. Kill, Amon Ross, St. Brown. He's four. definitely four or five for me. All right. Then who would who would be the last one that makes the cut? Because if you pick someone ahead and you're like, I want to put him at five, I'm okay with that. So it's for me, it's either one or two. It's either Diggs or Lamb. Rounds it out. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to say this, Lamb. I thought you were going to say the other way when you phrased that. Because I'm not, I hate the Cowboys. That's true. That's true. That's true. But Dak has a lot to prove this year. CeeDee Lamb is his number one target on offense. Yep. They had some really good chemistry last year before he went down. I like it, but I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to go Stefan Diggs yeah, just that's to separate fair. a little bit. All right. And then tight end one, don't talk to me if you don't agree, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Two. Okay. So then. After there, the ones that I want to throw in there, Kittle, Mark yep. Andrews, Goddard, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill. I feel like as a player, I don't know. We're talking fantasy, so I don't know if it's here. But as a player, playing quarterback, tight end, whatever else he played last yeah. year, that's kind of nuts. The other one would be Ingram because he was a top receiver for the Jags last year. Evan Ingram. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. and then you've got Hawkinson, mm-hmm. got Higby. Mm-hmm. But why don't you take it away? So uh, my top five tight ends actually I, a lot of research. I've done a lot of research because mm-hmm. I'm trying to trade for a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and fancy. So Kelsey, obviously, two is going to surprise. It's T.J. Hawkinson. I think he has the most potential to be close, not mm-hmm. to Kelsey. Once again, he's not. I don't believe he's going to have a Kelsey like season. Well, let's just say he's close to being. A but good, I think he's receiver. close to being. I think like okay. you know Kelsey might end up with sixteen to seventeen fantasy points per game. I really think TJ might end up with thirteen. Mm. So average fantasy points a game. So I think it's Kelsey, Hawkinson, okay, and then I think it's Andrews who gets so many targets, yep. and we both agree Lamar Jackson's going to have a great season, and mm-hmm. he's one of the top targets in the Ravens. Yeah. Four, I think I have to go Waller. Over Kittle? Mm-hmm. And, okay. 
just because Kittle is a little banged up. Dude. And yeah. I think, I don't know, man, this is the way I think. I think that teams are going to have a lot better game plan around Brock Purdy this season. So I'm just nervous. I, I, I know that you're not a Purdy guy. It's you're not. not no, you're not. You've been. It's not that I'm not a Purdy guy. I just think that he, you you are. There are receipts. You are a strong doubter of Purdy. I'm a strong doubter of Purdy being a top 10 QB this year is a very fair statement. Right. But I would say like you, you've been on record saying you don't think he's going to make it to the year without getting hurt. That because of the major injury, yeah, the major injury he had last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not debating why yeah. you said, but like you said that, <laughs> yeah. you've said that you don't think, or that things are gonna, or that teams are gonna have a better game plan. Yep. You even before said that there was no chance he was gonna be the starter coming back this year because of the injury. I didn't think so, but he is. Um. So so can't know. prove me wrong. We'll see. You also but, said that you don't think he can win a Super Bowl. But I think I don't think so. I th- I don't think yeah. he can, man. Anyway, who knows? Okay, I'm going to go. Oh, well, so, did you get the fifth? No, oh. I did not. So my fifth is, is <laughs> between three dudes, which is tough for me because mm-hmm. I'm trying to trade for <laughs> some of these guys. Kittle, I think is definitely top, you know, yep. definitely top five conversation. Goddard, who I like a lot, who had a good season last year, yep. and I think might have an even better one this year. And then the young guy out of Atlanta, Kyle Pitts. Ooh, that's a good one. So anyway, five, I think it's Kittle with two... Close picks, Goddard Pitts. I like Kyle Pitts a lot, though. Dude, I'm not putting him in my top five, but I would love to put Hayden Hurst in because obviously biased towards South Carolina Fair and, then, and then Carolina. But easy. Not easy necessarily. Travis Kelsey, number one. Huge Kittle guy. Kittle, number two. Mark Andrews, three. I don't hate Hawkinson, four. And then Goddard, five. That's mine. Okay. I know where you stand. I just heard yours. I don't love Kittle, but yeah. Don't, I know you don't. I think uh, he's getting old, too. Okay. Picks <laughs> of the week. I'm going to keep crushing Kittle. <laughs> Hater of the 49ers. Picks of the week. This is... Picks of the sexy week. We're just throwing some stuff out. Hot takes that we think strong probability of happening. Who knows where they can come from? Just every week you can get stuff. We're going to do three to five picks every week, depending on what we feel. And any it could sport. Be any sport, and it could be any pick. So it, it could, could be, be player like, props. It could be... It could be, hey, the, the line is Aaron Rodgers throws three TDs. I think he's throwing five. In fact, in fact, I'll start it off with, I think next week, this week, C-Mac's going to have a touchdown and 100 all-purpose yards. Is that what the line is? I have no idea. That's my line. <laughs> I think that's a pretty <laughs> fair lock. Uh, so for me, it's going to be a starter of a uh, spread. So I think the commanders mm-hmm. are going to cover their minus seven. They're going to cover against the Cardinals. Cardinals lost its last seven games of the 2022 NFL season. Oh, and they also don't have Kyler Murray. So I think it's pretty safe to say, in my opinion, that the commanders are going to cover the minus seven spread. Interesting. Okay. Next up for me, we've got the the Dolphins Chargers game. I'm liking the over 51. I think uh, JC Horn, another South Carolina guy, has been looking nasty in Which practice. Which pisses me off that he's not a Panther. Uh, not JC Horn, uh, Cam Smith. <laughs> JC Horn, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina just has so many good DBs. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's out though, but I think the Dolphins are going to put up some numbers. You saw their offense was Dude, crazy disgusting. last year when two was healthy. You've got Waddle, you've got Hill, you've got so much speed in the backfield. Like, they're going to score. I also really like the Chargers offense right now. Mm-hmm. Like Herbert, you, you, yeah. You've got healthy Eckler. receivers, Eckler, Herbert, like it is Quentin disgusting. Johnson. Like, they're yeah. going to be nice. Oh, they did get Quentin Johnson, that's true. Yeah, and then Williams, Keenan Allen, they look good. And then you saw, yeah, you've got Bosa, Joey Bosa, but, like, their defense struggled a lot against the Jags in the playoff game. I know that things have changed since then, but I'm just like, they're going to give up some points. The Dolphins are going to give up points yeah. in both of them high-octane offenses. So I like the over. Maybe a 35-28 a game, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. So my second lock. Also, I just like the overs. They're more fun. They are more fun, dude. You're exactly right. Jets to beat the Bills. So Bills are favored one and a half by one guess, and a half. guess hate Josh Allen. I don't hate. I like him. I like him as a person. I just think he's the weakest top five QB. 
I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove. Yeah. I also think the Jets, first of all, as we talked about earlier, gave the second fewest points as a defense in 2022. I think they're going to cause some problems for the Bills on Monday night. Aaron Rodgers always, that's a very broad statement, most of the time plays very well in primetime <laughs> games. Austin does it well. But he prime. does. Most of the time, Aaron Rodgers plays very well in primetime games. You're not wrong there. So I think Jets beat the Bills on Monday night. So what I'll say to that is I stayed clear from this game with any thoughts because I legitimately don't even know what I think or want from this mm. game. I'm very excited to watch it, but I don't know. It's like you're playing the field in college and you don't know like if you want a date or like what, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, sure. That's that's a good one, I guess. <laughs> All right, we've got Green Bay playing the Bears. I think this will be a fun one. And I think Christian Watson and DJ Moore are both going to have receiving touchdowns. Oh, I could be wrong. I have both of them on my fantasy team. I know you did. I I thought about you and I put that down. Yeah. Because Christian Watson, wide receiver one in Green Bay. Yep. I think more, I mean, Moore's doing things in Chicago. So I don't know. He's wide receiver one in Chicago. Again, this, I don't say this with a lot of confidence. I just want to see it happen. And I think there's a good chance. So. Well, they're picks of the week and, and we should call them. Far shots of the week. Yeah, there's a reason they're called picks of the week and not locks. Oh, I'm of the calling week. mine locks. Another lock. Lock three for Christian. As much, actually, we'll do, we'll say that for four. So for three, the Golden Eagles, Southern Miss, are gonna cover the thirty and a half point spread against the Florida State Seminoles. And we're talking probably. By 28 points. Yeah, oh, yeah. it might be like 24, 20. But I do believe they're going to cover 30 and a half point okay. spread because Florida State is coming off of an emotional victory at LSU. Obviously, they're looking at Southern Miss like another stomp over game. I think they're going to play hard, but they're not. I don't think they're going to give it their all by any stretch. I think Florida State wins it 40 to 14. Here's where I don't like that. Florida State put up 31 on unanswered on LSU. I know you're big on like the emotional game overlooking right. the next one. I don't think that happens as much on really good teams. I think Florida State's a really good team. I like them to cover, personally. Okay. Well, we'll but, see. But again, to, to each their own. We should keep record of the locks, though. I think should it'll be depressing for both of us. Yeah, for sure. But maybe we should. We'll, we'll, we'll write back in like three weeks, four weeks in. All right, another lock. That's not a lock. It's a pick. You got me saying it now. <laughs> Dude, I like, I told you I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I told you you're going to hear more later. I like Colorado to beat Nebraska. Let me tell you tell why. Me why. I told you I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. They're electric. But listen to this. Marcus Satterfield, I had to watch him be the offensive coordinator for South Carolina for a while. And I have zero faith in him. Zero faith. In fact, I have very strong faith against him. The only... Yes, there are some dumb plays that Nebraska had. The only score was like, what was it? The flea flicker was the touchdown and mm-hmm. then a field goal. Like, I don't like their offense. I think given Colorado's defense, they're probably going to put up some. But Nebraska's quarterback, he was already a little bit all over the place. And with Colorado's DBs, that could be dangerous. I don't think, I think Colorado is still going to find a way to score against Nebraska. Uh, yeah. Uh, where this could go south is I think if Nebraska's smart, <laughs> they try to just like run the ball and like pound it on Colorado. But even still, I think Colorado's offense is just too much because Nebraska can't compete if it becomes a shootout. And that's where right. I think that it has potential with Colorado's offense. Here's some interesting things about the, that game, though. Yep. Matt Rule. That's... Him being Nebraska's head coach now, come from our favorite Carolina Panthers, where he sucked. Where he took the plane and just. Doo. But he is a great college football cube. He's a great coach. He's a great college football coach. He is. He's turned programs around. Now you, you know, know who weird else has turned this? programs around? Lou Holtz. Neon Dion. <laughs> you know what's weird about this game? Colorado is a three and a half point favorite. But you know what's weird? You know the the power index, like that computer simulation. Yep. The college football power index simulation, whatever, predicts Nebraska at a 59% chance to win. So I. How does that make sense? I haven't looked at odds for this one. I was just looking at. But um, how does that make sense? I think it's because this is a whole nother conversation, but I think sports gambling sites, they 
they treat it. It's not like a, you're at a casino playing against the house. My opinion is that it's more like they get their 6% commission because they they want, not always, but they want to try to get equal odds because it's, it's plus like 110. So they're getting their paycheck either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that Colorado is now so hyped that to get a somewhat balanced both sides, you give them more favorable yeah, odds. And then, I, but I think that. So hammer Nebraska. No, I don't think Nebraska's <laughs> going to win, but I think that's why there's that discrepancy between. I the, hope the Colorado. Sides. I really hope Colorado. First of all, I hope Matt Rule goes zero and ten. I mean, <laughs> I hope he 12. loses. <laughs> I, I hope no. I hope he gets fired after the tenth game. <laughs> seems like a, he seems like a nice dude. I listen. I Piss off, Matt. I didn't want to like him because he was kind of bad mouthing Carolina and everything. But also, Tip Tupper sucks. So Matt Rule could be right. I don't know, but he seems like a good dude. So whatever, take that. No. Do it. Do whatever you I'm want done. with that. Do you I'm have done. any more? So my fourth, which is actually a bold prediction. I'm not calling this one a lock. Yep. I'm calling this a bold prediction. I hate saying this. I I hate it. I hate. Oh, it. I, I think I know it. where you're going with this. Patriots thing. beat the Eagles on Sunday. Wow. Why do I think this, Christian? Well, Bill Belichick. Hold on. Why do you think that, Christian? Thank you, Bill Belichick. First of all, it's at Gillette Stadium. Okay. Bill Belichick had the whole offseason to prepare for yep. the defending NFC champs, the mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. We know Bill Belichick's a genius. We also know the Patriots have upgraded some offensive weapons like Juju Smith. Or Zeke. And like Zeke. So the Patriots' offense should be better. And then as well as Bill Belichick's schemey strategy mind. Mm -hmm. And also the Eagles are coming off a great season. Yeah. Makes me nervous for week hmm. one. So I, this is my kind of. Is it an emotional hedge more maybe? I don't think it's an emotional hedge as okay. much as it's confidence in Bill Belichick's game plan week one in Gillette Stadium. Okay. That's fair. But it's, it's supposed to be, I mean, I mean the odds could, are plus four. Could could be a great game. For the game. Patriots. So it's it's supposed to be a close game anyway. I, I think that this could be a good year for Mac Jones. I, I'm too. not also. I wouldn't be shocked if it's not, but I think that think that it's like with Bill Belichick. Yep. Mac Jones wasn't terrible last year. He wasn't great, but I think he has a lot of the the weapons and things that it needs or it tools. Needs. I guess is a better word that it takes to be a good QB. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a season that really kind of changes the trajectory of his career. This One year. way or the other. I, well, maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Like, I think this will be a very a career big defining season. A career-defining season. Yep, season. I like it. I agree. All right. To baseball now, I think Matt Olson will have hit 46 home runs total, not in the next week, by next episode, by episode 37. But to have releases? Yep. He went on an 18-game cold streak, hit his 44th in the last game they played. I think he just needed that one to, to unlock a little bit. So I think he's going to hit a couple more home runs over the over the week. That's fair. So that's the I hope so. I hope pick. he gets to 50. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, 50 by next episode. Let's go. No, but just in the season. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah, that would be huge. Yeah. Because the Braves are still on the cusp of the pace for the all-time single season home run record. So that's yep. gonna be really fun down the stretch. And and they're on on the cusp for I don't they don't really have a shot, I guess potentially, but don't really have a shot at the Mariners record for yep. the best record of all time. But they they do have a good a strong chance to beat the ninety eight Braves, so which Chipper Jones. I mean, are you kidding me? Did that I was when you, they had Greg Maddox too, right? John yeah. Smalls. Did I tell you they it was against the Mets? So it was a couple weeks ago. They've been doing this a couple times this season, but like had all players booth, and so it's like Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Chipper Jones, and Jeff Francoeur. That's awesome. And then they called in Greg Maddox, and then uh, Brian McCann was in the stands, and they brought him up. And it's just like so fun because Brian McCann was a beast. Too. What a beast. But a couple of funny things I've seen Greg Maddox do. I, that's, I said the stat on the podcast about how Maybe. he's faced like 21,000 batters and like 100 and I think it was like 33 of them ever went to a 3-0 count that wasn't an intentional walk. <laughs> he, he was like, I just throw a strike on the first pitch because if you look at the league average, it's like 068 or something on the first pitch. It's like, get your strike out of the way right. and, and go. And like, I saw another stat with him where the number of complete games that he threw under like 90 pitches, like he just, he was very productive and he had that like change the, up the, yeah, and the yeah. sinker, like the, or the two seam. I didn't realize, fun fact, I didn't realize that a sinker and a two seam were the same. I didn't either. 
because uh, I was looking it up and someone asked me because we were at the Mets game, watch Shohei play. That was a good time uh, last week. Um, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. You never we, we, told me. We that. were out in right field trying to trying you to catch a Shohei ball. You, you mentioned you went to New York and you ne- you failed. I totally to mention forgot. That. I forgot. But yeah, we we got to see Shohei play, and he had a tr- uh, was, how much no, was a double. They weren't weren't too bad. Okay, cool. it was um, good seats. Enjoyed it. But what I was about to say <laughs> with that? Lost, oh, my buddy was asking me uh, like how many pitches there were, and I started listening to them, and uh, I think it got like close to the right amount. But then I was looking it up afterwards, and I think I added another one. Uh, and I was like, I don't see two seam anywhere. And apparently they're the same pitch. Really? I never yeah. knew that. Never knew that. Uh, anyway, he had a nasty two seam. And so super effective with it. The other thing is he was talking about facing Barry Bonds. And he was like, I, it wasn't that hard. You just walk him. Yeah, just walk him. <laughs> he was like, he was so much better than everyone else. He just... It was easy to pitch to. You got it first. You just walk. And I saw someone else talk about the first time they or face Barry Bonds. They're like, yeah, let, let's see what you got. Uh, and he's like, really? He's like, yeah, just like challenge him down the plate. And he like took a couple in his O2 and then just like straps up. He's like, let's go. You're going to, you're going to challenge me. And then just like throws one off the wall. I don't Jeez. think it's a home run, but he's like, okay, yeah, we learned that he's way better than you. He's anyway, no, that, that was for ice. No man. hall of fame. That was for ice, man. Right. You ready for some more hot takes? I'm ready. Some undercover hot takes from Mr incognito what's up guys this is mr incognito checking back in first off i'd like to say sorry to anyone i led astray on the south carolina gamecocks last week accountability Um, apparently they decided to start some frauds on the offensive line uh spencer rattler i thought played a really really good game considering the circumstances but if that line does not improve i do not know how many games they're going to win this year i don't think it's going to be super pretty so i'd hold off on betting on them for now um I would also like to double down on the pick that the Georgia Bulldogs will not repeat as um, three-time national champions this year. And I would also like to double down on the fact that Florida State is going to make the college football playoff. They looked amazing this week. Uh, LSU looked pretty good in the first half, but the second half did not look so great. But I still think they might be able to turn it around and uh, make some noise in in the SEC West there. In terms of picks for this upcoming week, uh, Alabama plays Texas. I think they'll handle business there. Ole Miss plays Tulane. I think Ole Miss handles business. And aside from that, there's not a ton of intriguing games. Uh, something I would like to bring to light, though, is Oregon State's quarterback, DJ Uyunglele. Who many of you may recognize from being on Clipson's team for the last couple of years. Well, he's probably going to make a lot of noise in the Pac-12 this year. Um, he had five touchdowns last week. A pretty sensational quarterback overall, and I think that he was just kind of held back by Clemson's system um, over the last couple of years. So just keep an eye out for him. I think he's going to make some noise over that way. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, catch you later. Dude. Catch you later, baby. Catch you later. Just had to look it up. Right now, Clemson's down 21-7 to with eight minutes left in the fourth. Shut up. Duke's beating them 21-7. So, I mean, I'm here for Uyungle having a season. And, and uh, Cade, not. Clemson, not. smokes. So, I, again, who knows? There's there's still time left. I might be eating my words. But interesting. Had to report it. Had to do the due diligence there. Dude, that'll be but interesting. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina's offensive line. I'm, I, all I'm saying. It was painful to watch. All I'm saying is we would have been better off with flag football rules, yep. putting our hands behind our back, even letting the defensive players still put their hands on us and just like trying to get in their way. Dude, you would have been better off in, if you would have had like JV high school. <laughs> like, dude, it was bad. It was, and we've had a bad O-line for a while, so I'm used to it, but yeah. it was so painful. You got to get some more O-line. Get a new O-line coach. Mm, something's got to happen. Because Spencer, again, played really well and is going to – maybe be on life support in a few weeks yeah. if, if it keeps up. So hopefully not. Knock wood. Obviously don't want that for for Thanks, anyone. Mr. Incognito. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, though, we got the draft. Yep. We're going to do best college football rivalries. We're doing three or five picks. Let's do three picks. Three picks? Even Did episode. I go first? Once again, even episode, who goes first? You do. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. All right. This first is an up, easy one. I'm curious with the same track, especially in the last couple of years of college football. 
number one, you've got to do Michigan, Ohio State. Oh, wow. I would not have said that. Interesting. It's <laughs> don't know why you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> when, when you've got both of them being top ten, top teams every year, a lot of there have been like a number of times they're either undefeated or close to undefeated. Classic rivalry. I don't like either team. I especially hate Ohio State, right. but I'm going to throw that out there. It's fair. It's a great rivalry. For me, though, number one, Army-Navy. I mean, you Maybe. can't beat an Army-Navy football game, and no matter how bad or how good both teams are or one team is, it's always a dogfight. That is the other acceptable answer. Personally, I respect everything you said there and can get behind it, but personally, <laughs> I'm like, I am not as interested to watch Fair the enough. Army-Navy game as some Fair of the other enough. ones. Next up, it is... It hasn't been crazy the last few years, but the Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. Auburn, Alabama has got to be one of the best rivalries of all time, especially, I mean, mm-hmm. th- think in the last couple decades, like there have been some obviously national championships from the state of Alabama. So next up, Alabama, Auburn, Iron Bowl. What you got? I think that's great. Yeah. Number two for me, because it's near and dear to my heart, because I just watched Swamp Kings, <laughs> the Georgia-Florida rivalry. Mm. And man, those teams hate each other yep and georgia's actually winning 55 to 42 in the rivalry yep but the last few years has leaned heavily towards georgia but overall i I could see florida really coming back okay because georgia once again it's like like all good things come to an end type yeah I just don't see it this year. Florida looks Not bad. Not this year, no. But I'm well, saying I mean, like it in the next couple. But next five. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do for this for this last one. There's two that I feel great about. So I'm gonna pass it to you for pick three, and then I'll take it last. Oh, so I'm gonna defer it because I'm a doing... gentleman. Gosh, you gentleman. And you have to go to the great state of Texas. Red River Shootout. Red River Showdown. Mm-hmm. We're doing Oklahoma. And their freaking yep. quarterback factory. And the sooner Texas, shooter. The sooner shooter. <laughs> and the one Texas, which Texas hasn't yeah. been much the last few years. But no, so that was one of the two that I had. That's a great one. I like that for a lot of reasons. It's fun that they're coming to the SEC together. It's a classic one in a lot of ways. Great rivalry. But near and dear to my heart, South Carolina Clemson. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Tell you what, the, the hate. That exists between those two schools. Been playing games since I think it was like 1890. We've been playing football games against each other. Like it's been a minute. Uh, 2020 was like the first year that we didn't do it in a very long time. Yeah. Clemson's obviously been up, been up on the season or series all time. You know, it comes and goes. We won five. They won like eight or so. Now we're going to win like 20. It's great against all sports. Like that's the fun thing about it. It's just a really good rivalry. And again, I'm invested in it. So two good schools. Yeah, if, I mean, I had two brothers who went to Clemson, State Carolina fans. <laughs> they would get all into it. So, oh, you bet. know what? I bet. That's the third one. I'm glad you took the Red River Showdown because objectively, I think that's... Nope, I'm not even going to say that. Nope. It's Stick with there. your pick. It's Stick, up there. Stick with your pick. And with that, if you have learned anything from this episode, it's stick with your gut. Even if it's wrong. Even if it's wrong. Never admit when you're wrong. Just double down. Joe never admits when I'm wrong or when he's wrong. Oh, I always admit when you're wrong. No, I know. But when you're wrong, you never admit it because you're wrong more than me and you never admit it. Well, next time that I'm wrong, let me know. We'll see how your locks of the week go, buddy or bro. They're picks, not locks. You see, you're already trying to gaslight. (laughs) Peace. DJ Moore.